Ed Peters, and I welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. We continue today in Matthew chapter 16, moving on to verses 5 through 12. Here in these verses, Jesus warns his disciples to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. As we learned in Matthew chapter 13, leaven is always a principle of evil and never a principle of good. So, Jesus is warning his disciples and all of his followers to beware of false doctrine. In the case of his disciples, it is a warning against the false teachings of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Now, here are verses 5 through 12 of Matthew chapter 16, and they read as follows. Arriving across the lake, the disciples discovered that they had forgotten to bring any food. Watch out! Jesus warned them, Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. They thought that he was saying this because they had forgotten to bring bread. Jesus knew what they were thinking and told them, O men of little faith, why are you so worried about having no food? Won't you ever understand? Don't you remember at all the five thousand I fed with five loaves? and the basketfuls left over? Don't you remember the 4,000 I fed and all that was left? How could you even think that I was talking about bread? But again I say, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then at last they understood that by yeast he meant the wrong teachings of the Pharisees and Sadducees. In one. 
This portion of scripture brings clarity to Matthew chapter 13, verse 33, which deals with the parable of the yeast. Now here with today's study is Pastor Henry Harder. The region of Galilee had the privilege of Jesus' ministry for some time, but ever so often he would move around. Matthew in chapter 15, 21, notes that Jesus left Galilee to go to the pagan territory of Tyre and Sidon on the Mediterranean coast of Phoenicia. Evidently, he was, humanly speaking, so frustrated by the constant opposition of the leaders of Israel that he wanted to get away for a while. Then, as soon as he returned, he was faced with the same not-so-subtle opposition again. I focused on that yesterday. The Pharisees and Sadducees had asked him to do a special, spectacular sign, a great big trick, and Jesus refused. Now Jesus crossed the lake with his disciples. Evidently, they were supposed to bring bread with them, but they had forgotten. Then Jesus said to them, Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Matthew 16, 6. The disciples discussed among themselves what he meant, and they tried to connect those words with the fact that they had forgotten to bring bread. Perhaps he was telling them that they shouldn't use yeast in the bread. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked, You of little faith, why are you talking among yourselves about having no bread? Do you still not understand? Don't you remember the five loaves for the 5,000? And how many basketfuls you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000? And how many basketfuls you gathered? How is it that you don't understand that I was not talking to you about bread? But be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Then they understood that he was not telling them to guard against the yeast used in bread, but against the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Chapter 16, 6 to 12. It must have been clear to the disciples that Jesus used the example of yeast because a little penetrates the whole lump of dough. It permeates the whole. That much must have been clear. Either they should avoid giving these leaders in Israel even the slightest opportunity to promote their attitude and ideas, or they themselves shouldn't entertain even for a moment that there was some truth in the ideas of the Pharisees and Sadducees. However, the disciples must have asked themselves, which of the teachings of the Pharisees and Sadducees is like yeast? They weren't wrong on every count, so Jesus couldn't have referred to everything these two groups taught. On some matters, both of these groups were right on, while on some matters they disagreed. For example, the Pharisees believed in the resurrection while the Sadducees didn't. In this, the Pharisees were right and the Sadducees were wrong. On the other hand, the Sadducees did not hold the halakha, that is the oral tradition, to be equal or above the scriptures like the Pharisees did. In this, the Sadducees were right and the Pharisees were wrong. Then what did Jesus mean? Which of their teachings was like yeast? Perhaps the disciples might have thought that it was the fact that the Pharisees and Sadducees 
seemed to believe that only the person who could perform the greatest signs should be the Messiah. Both groups, the Pharisees and Sadducees, had just asked Jesus for a super big sign, a sensational miracle. If they were serious, then their faith was related to miracles. They would believe in the one who performed the most astounding feats, and that was wrong. Jesus had often said and inferred that faith should be based on his words, not just on his deeds. Nor would he be manipulated in performing ever greater and greater feats. Perhaps Jesus was saying to his disciples, don't get captivated by that idea of a mindset to where you'll accept as Messiah the one who performs the most spectacular feats. That's like yeast. It's going to eat away at your faith. But I want to suggest that the teaching against which Jesus warns, and which is like yeast, was the fact that these leaders and teachers had an attitude of unbelief concerning Jesus. They simply would not even consider that Jesus was the promised Messiah. No matter what he might do, their minds were made up. Jesus didn't measure up to the Messiah they wanted. They were waiting for someone other than and different from this Jesus. An attitude of unbelief is tremendously damaging to faith. Such an attitude, even when slightly entertained, will grow and, like yeast, finally permeate the whole person. I believe that this is the attitude that Jesus warns against. The disciples should not allow even the slightest unbelief to get a foothold in their lives. Unbelief begins small and grows and grows until all faith is destroyed. Jesus was who he claimed to be, and he had amply demonstrated his claims by his deeds. So to begin to entertain doubts would only cause irreparable damage to their faith and to the movement. This makes the next section so crucial. When Jesus asked the disciples, Who do you say that I am? Peter exclaimed, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Peter was not harboring any doubts, and he was not going to allow doubts to creep into and permeate his thinking. The enormous amount of clear evidence without any doubt whatever, demanded the verdict that Jesus was the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Where do I go When there's nobody else to turn to Who do I talk to Solid rock I stand With 
What's new is a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.